Hello and welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia. This is your host, Josh, today with our co-host, Jacob and Ryan, like always. How are you two doing? I'm great, man. Jacob, how are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Now today, of course, you all probably already know, our focus for the episode was to be Banjo-Kazooie, but for that, we have a uh, super special guest joining us today, um, who I believe is the art director of Banjo-Kazooie, who I've, I've heard referred to as the uh, father, so to speak, of Banjo and Kazooie, <laughs> Steve Mills from Platonic Games. Uh, hello there. I'm super, super special. I'm not sure I'm going to live up to that billing, but you know, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, little did you know, you were invited onto a podcast uh, with uh, some big, uh, big fans of your work. So, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're still big memories. We are uh, super grateful to have you all here, because trust me, I, th- I think me and Jacob especially can both speak for um, just uh, a lot of the things you've worked on in the past. Um, mm-hmm. I know I've, I've, I've probably kept up with it all since about, I remember watching a VHS on uh, Donkey Kong Country, actually, uh, when I was like four years old before it came out. Um, four years old, wow. I <laughs> <laughs> now have my own five-year-old that, that has ended up playing a lot of these sort of games and such, but. But um, yeah, anyhow, I'll go ahead and keep us rolling here. So we will go ahead and jump into our normal uh, section here and see what we are Radical Rexing about. All right. So Steve, since you are our guest here today, uh, we want to go ahead and start with you. What's uh, what's got you excited about life right now? What, what have you been working on or have you been playing any games recently? Well, um, I don't play many games, but I am playing a game at the moment, um, and that is um, Panel de Pond, of course, oh, on nice. the on the um, on the Switch Online. So I'm really enjoying playing because we used to play at um, Rare when we were developing um, Donkey Kong Country. That was when we first started playing. We had like a pre-production version. Uh, and then as the years went on, me and another guy, we'd play religiously every lunchtime panel de pon. And if I didn't win, I was then really angry for the afternoon. Um, but uh, <laughs> yes, so I've been, uh, so I, I've been playing that. And we've, we, even though he doesn't live, um, he doesn't live in the local area anymore. We've managed to play each other again for like the first time in what over a decade. Wow. Um, online so and and unfortunately i'm ashamed to say that he won the first round so i'll, oh. I'll be back I'll, I'll, I'll be back i blame i blame the controller i blame my age i blame my arthritis i've got so many excuses <laughs> i love it it sounds a bit like me i often find myself blaming the the suns in my eyes if i lose a video game you have to you have to <laughs> so it, yeah one. In your pocket, you have to have a selection of varied excuses, else, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, uh, I guess to just keep on rolling it along here, Jacob, what do you have going on? Uh, um, I mean, I, as ironic as this is, I really didn't plan this. Um, and I kind of forgot that Banjo Kazooie's birthday was this this past week and um i just i found my old 64 and because i took all of my games to my parents house uh to really focus on stuff and life that i'm doing and um it's been a while since i played an actual game and i was going through my closet and i realized my old 64 was still there so i had nothing to do so i plugged it in and i erased my file and started a brand new file on Banjo-Kazooie. And uh, I'm currently, I just finished the second level. Um, so I'm making my way through the game and reliving. I feel like I'm back in ugh, first grade again, second grade, whatever. Um, sorry to make you feel old, Steve, but it's uh, <laughs> it's great. And I'm really excited that Steve's on the show. Like, this is like... When you get to meet one of your favorite bands, lead singers, or something like that, you know, it's a, it's a cool, surreal experience right now. So that's that's really what what got me excited as a late. Awesome. I think I can echo some of that, especially there near the end. <laughs> but um, uh, Ryan, what have you got going on? 
Well, um, you know, I got to play in a uh, Smash Brothers uh, bout with the uh, Nostalgia uh, crew yeah, okay. and, and, and fans. Uh, that was pretty cool. We got to test out Min Min and uh, just kind of really dive into uh, the new mechanics and things that they, they put in, uh, the new stage, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I, I streamed it, and you guys hopped on my stream, and it was, it was a good time. I played for a couple hours, so definitely was... Uh, I like spending time. We actually had a, a new, uh, new fan discover us that, that plays on our play level, so... Um, so I, I think his screen name is like bathtub07, um, and yeah, so he, he joined on with us and added me on Twitter, and I, I hope we have a another good sparring partner to, to team up with, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still couldn't touch my Yoshi, though. Came close. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tight one. Yep. <laughs> Anyhow, um, as for myself, I've just been, um, well, I'm still working from home with my current job. Um, so I guess that's a sort of a positive note on all of the craziness, but, um, yeah, I, I, the only game I guess I've been playing a lot of is Assassin's Creed Black Flag, trying to get through that. Um, let's see, other than that, really been working some on my writing. Um, you know, I'm doing reviews and different articles and stuff for Nintendo Village. Um, I usually prefer the articles, actually. I, I don't always like being super critical of everything, but <laughs> just seeing where that goes and, you know, just to combination of things um hopefully to step up and some sort of actual career someday in, in some larger form but anyhow outside of that i think we can go ahead and move on with the topic here um and we will start talking about banjo kazooie So to get things started here, Steve, I, I don't want to run you down the normal list of questions so much here, but <laughs> would, if you wouldn't mind, just to get things started, um, could you take us back a little bit to back when, back in the early days of, of Banjo-Kazooie getting developed, really, and even Project Dream, if you'd like? Uh, yeah, I think you I think you probably have to start with Project Dream um, before you start on any like, Banjo development story. Um that's for sure. I mean, it wasn't until um, a few years ago that Rare um, released any footage of it. And until then, this Project Dream, it was just, like, just this mysterious thing. And even then, it was mainly footage of the, um, the Super Nintendo version that was released. There wasn't, I don't, can't remember there being a huge amount of N64 stuff. Um, so anyway, that Project Dream featured um, um, a main character. He was a boy. He was called Edson. And then... As it moved to the N64, because the Super Nintendo just wasn't capable of doing what we wanted, yeah, as it moved to the N64, uh, and then we realized that wasn't capable of doing what we wanted. And and around this time, I think I think Tim was probably getting a bit... Tim Stamper, um, one of the uh, co-founders um, <clears throat> of Rare was probably getting a bit fed up with the character by now. So I think he suggested trying uh, some different animals um, because we'd obviously always, always had experience and success with animal characters with the DK games. Um, and I can't remember exactly how the bear came along. I know he got me sometimes, especially between projects, he'd like just come in and say, oh, can you do such and such a character? He'd obviously got something on his mind. And I had done a couple of kind of... Um, bear characters uh, these were like 3d nerbs models um not for any game they were just things that tim wanted probably um so whether the origins of banjo lie there it's 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 hard for me to remember um but i think there's probably something in that um yeah so eventually um we saw super mario 64 um running that was at um shishinkai in um 1995 and we were all blown away by that and we thought this this has to be the path for our next game and after that it did come together quite quickly once we'd established the um the direction and then we had um the main character in place 
and yeah the rest is history mm. wow yeah I, I see actually i was i was looking back at the release date for the game i, I thought something that was just kind of funny maybe it was just sort of the time period but um i, I noticed that it actually came out in north america at first there on june 29th 98 and then in europe july 17th and then in japan uh december 6th um but I, I don't know if I'd actually paid attention to that before. Somehow it made it over here first. But yeah, that uh, was often the. Um, it was pretty much always the pattern with um, rare games in those days. I think DKC was probably the only one that was different. Um, I think that came out in the UK a bit early. I'm not quite sure about that. For some reason, you'd have to um, you'd have to check with that. But yeah. All right. Well, anyhow, with with all of that, is there anything, um, I guess, kind of a maybe somewhat of a traditional question, but is there anything really with the design, like with Banjo and Kazooie, things like that, to, that you do kind of look back? I know you said you're not 100 percent sure where the bear even came from, but that, that that maybe you would have preferred to do a different way, say, if you were working on that today or if you, if you were the artist on that today, so to speak. Um, is there anything that sort of sticks out as odd to you or? That you sort of question yourself on? Um, no, not not really. I don't think not not anything major in the design. Um, uh, no, not really. I mean, there was obviously sort of limitations in in what we could do because we only had a handful of polygons. Right. Um, but we we obviously made the um, high resolution nerves models for um, marketing which did look somewhat different to the um, in-game models, as you'd expect, because they were like, super smooth. Um, but there'd be nothing major, uh, really. I was um, you know, quite pleased at the time, and I'm still quite pleased with them. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, I think that's part of what makes the character characters as lovable and sort of as long-lasting as they, as they have been. Um, I've actually sitting here looking at the plush of them I've got on my desk here actually and um I, I guess they're still sort of a household name at least around here <laughs> so well yeah obviously they they got a bit of a um you know a shot a shot in the arm uh, for yeah. uh, recently with the um appearance in smash until then I think um it was probably something more for the diehard fans but now right banjo seems to be a bit more um, well, I wouldn't say mainstream again until he gets, you know, his own game again. But. Right. <laughs> well, at, at, on a, I guess on a funny note on that, um, last last year we actually lived quite far apart. I, I drove about five hours to meet up with the other guys here. We had, I, I forget how many people at the house, but watching that E3 reveal. Um, and I, I remember me and Jacob specifically, we had a picture of it, just started jumping up and I, I think him actually was was jumping up and down like you couldn't yeah. get quite the right picture of him when that was revealed that was just kind of one of those funny things um i know it sounds kind of silly to some just being a character in smash brothers but it was it was kind of like watching part of our childhood come back to life so to speak it was I mean. oh yeah I, I, absolutely yeah i mean i you know me both myself and grant have spoken about grant kirkhope who did the music have spoken about you know how it's kind of you know he brought a tear to our eyes seeing the reaction of people to something you know recreated so long ago that has kind of been off the radar for so long and for it to come back you know with a with a bang in one of the biggest game series was just you know watching people's reactions was just incredible it, for me personally it was just yeah, I, I mean, I, I cried, and, and and to some people that might sound silly. Like, why are you crying about a burden of bear? You know, but it's because those characters mean so much more to me than just a game. Like, I mean, for me personally, like I'm an emotional person, and, and I connect to things, and they take me back to times in life that truly are just golden memories of my past, mm -hmm. and um they mean a lot. So the, the fact that they haven't even been around and even on a Nintendo console in, in years, it was just, it was a dream come true. It really was. And it, it, oh, it's, it's cool. I, it's really cool that I, I have two little ones that 
I can show them something that's like more relevant again now, you know? So, I mean, I'm still sad we haven't had any follow-up with Banjo-Kazooie after that, but I mean, I'll take what we can get. And, you know, it, it gives, definitely gives me hope that there will be more done with them in the near future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've, I think I've said um, before, probably on Twitter, that, that you know, that the it'd probably be a little bit of a no-brainer for um, Microsoft um, to make like a remaster of the originals. You know, just um, you know, yes. just gauge just gauge the reaction, because um, my concern would still be that oh, you know, if it's coming out on a Microsoft system, it's you know, it's not coming out on Nintendo. Is that you know, is that where Banjo's fan base still yes. is after all this time? So it'd be interesting for them I to like for for them to like fund a big budget original game would probably be a mistake at this point. But I think if they did like a remaster, which would be relatively quick to do, I, I, you know, I, I could imagine that being in development somewhere now. To be honest, right. Oh, it'd be amazing. Well, and it, I glad I, I like that you mentioned um, the the crowds of a Nintendo crowd versus a Microsoft crowd and where it sells more. And I mean the with recent times, like how Microsoft and Nintendo have teamed up so much, and you're seeing games that were just on Xbox coming over to the Switch gives me hope. I mean, I would think. Now this is just me. I'm no. I'm not a business, you know, big wig or anything, but I feel like it would be so wise to make a deal with Nintendo. Let's put this on the Switch as well. In my opinion, you're only going to sell, you know, you're not going to lose anything on it. I mean, that's, I think what makes the charm of them in, in Banjo cause, or in Smash was that like, that's Nintendo's version of Banjo-Kazooie. Because I know Nuts and Bolts changed the image of what Banjo-Kazooie was. And when I look over like the art style and just the way they their animation looks in Smash, it's like it was just nailed so perfectly to what they originally were. So um, I feel like yeah. Nintendo yeah. knows what they're doing with them. <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting. So you, you think if, if it had been the, um, the Banjo and Kazooie style from Nuts and Bolts, um, there wouldn't have been such a warm reception. I think people would have been a little disappointed, yeah. I mean, they'd be happy they're there, but I don't think it would have been quite as exciting for people if, if um, yeah, it was the Nuts and Bolts thing. I mean, at least for me, my nostalgia is rooted in the original two games for the most part. Like, that's what got me turned on to them. When I think of Banjo, I think of those games. Yeah, yeah. I guess from from somebody who who's played through nuts and bolts as well, and I, I do actually enjoy it for what it is. It's it is different than than what was before, and I know the reception was kind of a little all over the place, maybe. But um, I guess I would have I would have been fine if it was the nuts and bolts design. But I, you know, I have to admit, I guess there there is a little part of me. Maybe it's just the nostalgia speaking in me. But that those you know really appreciates what they did with it, going back to the roots somewhat. Um, you know, the style's, I guess, a little bit different, a little bit of its own smash render, so to speak. But, um, you know, I, I did like how that turned out. Um, now, outside of that, uh, I lost my... If I could take print. a moment. Uh, yes. Um, so it's it's kind of fun to look at the progression of where Banjo has is gone um, in, in direction and of art and everything. Um, you know, I I most know best know him from Diddy Kong Racing. Um, Banjo just being solo in that one, no, no <laughs> Kazooie, and then of course you know playing Banjo Kazooie after Diddy Kong Racing, and uh, you know kind of getting that experience. Um, it's really cool to see um, where the bear and the bird have gone um, with with your art style. Um, and your, your just art experience, uh, what would you say um, it's like to, like, what would you encourage people who are on that path to constantly improving their art and to uh, to take it forward, even in, whether it's in the video game industry or even just in digital art or maybe even on paper? Like, what is there some kind of an art, artistic encouragement that you could give or some kind of insight that would help people who are aspiring to be artists and, and, uh, and the work that you've done? 
Um, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think today is is both easier and and harder. Easier because there's such a wealth of um, information on the internet. Uh, you know, if you want some inspiration, you just go on Pinterest. Or if you, if you want some tutorials to do literally anything, um, free tutorials there on YouTube. And then, or if you want to pay a little bit of money, you'll get some, you know, really good in-depth stuff. But but the, the access to that stuff, we, we just didn't have that um, back in the day. And what makes it harder, of course, the bar is so much higher now. And I think there's so many more people doing it. Um, and you just look at stuff and it's just like completely amazing. That, uh, compared to what it was say like um in the 90s it's just you know everyone's really raised their game so it's really hard to stand out with anything um any advice you just i think you, you you're either cut out for it or you're not because it takes a lot of persistence you know you've got to you've got to draw or make if you're in 3d you've got to make a lot of crap before mm-hmm. you come up with anything good and it's very easy you know I've suffered from it myself and, and, and probably still do um, it's very easy to think you know oh, I can't do this I might as well give up but you, you just kind of have to take some kind of positive from whatever you've done even if it's just looking at something and learning what is wrong if you can spot the mistakes and you can fix them next time and that's obviously um, a good way to improve but yeah uh, whenever you look back from from where you've come to where you are now uh, do you ever draw inspiration to see just seeing how how far you've come and how much you've improved um is it something that you you look back or are you pretty much just like always looking forward um i, I don't really look back um at the quality of the of the art especially in in the early days you know mm-hmm. i was i was i was pretty rubbish at drawing but um but i could do stuff in 3d and you know capture a good <clears throat> likable character in 3d but now nowadays um i mean it's never too late to learn i do try to do a lot more um traditional drawing but it's a long road you know i kind of think to myself oh you know why did why didn't i do all this traditional stuff like 20 years ago i'd be amazing at it now but no i'm kind of in many ways i'm starting i'm starting quite new with that you know i'm i'm kind of learning stuff that sometimes i think oh yeah i should have learned it years ago but you know all but going back then every kind of almost every waking hour was spent making games like um dkc or or banjo so there was very little spare time you know to kind of indulge in doing figures or you know anything like that (laughs) so um so yeah there's plenty you know i've got plenty of room to improve that's for sure that's good to know because i i know some of the the little things i'm trying to work me personally i'm not an artist so to speak but i know just writing and things like that um you know, I always feel like there's room to improve. I've, I've taken little steps in my own little ventures, and so to speak. But uh, yeah, it's good to know someone in your position um, would say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it, I think it's very easy to get overwhelmed um, because there's so much to learn, and obviously you see this really cool stuff on the internet, which is obviously good and bad, great for inspiration, bad because it makes you think, oh god, that's awesome, I could never do that. Um, Oh, I've lost my train of thought now. What was I saying? <laughs> um, it's all right. I do that about every five minutes. So. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was it. Just, just, just kind of take little steps. Really, try to improve in a certain area. Um, you know, if you're doing 3D modeling, um, just, just take because that that can be broken down into obvious steps um, of like. Um, if you want to approach it this way, you'd like to a, a sort of a high resolution model in a package like ZBrush, and then you'd um, like do retopology and UVs and then texturing in another package. So you can break it down into, you know, um, definite different bits and just tackle each one. Obviously, people want to get to the end and have a finished character, which is, of course, you should do that. Um, but obviously 
you could rush through the stages and and miss a load of important stuff so you could approach it two two ways really either you finish the character from start to end and you keep doing it and doing it or or you try to approach each stage in a really detailed way so yeah there's i guess there's two ways to approach things so to to kind of i guess back up and talk a bit about banjo kazooie the, the game itself um what have you went back and played it recently do you think it still holds up fairly well um yeah, I I did play it quite recently. Man, when Banjo was announced for Smash, my my uh, eldest, who's now fourteen, he he said, "Oh, come on, let's play Banjo," and he, uh, he he's obsessed with collecting absolutely everything. So he only he he only unfortunately only got to the second level before he was back on like Apex Legends or. Rain, oh. Rainbow Six Siege or whatever it is they play. So, um, but I, I did have a, <laughs> I did have a little game myself, and yeah, I, I think it's still, you know, I think everything holds it really well. It still looks great. It sounds great. You know, it controls nicely. Obviously, the frame rate's mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit suspect in places, as you'd expect. Um, but yeah, I, I think people can, even if they're picking it up for the first time, still you know have a really good time yeah i've I've actually recently i've got it on the n64 and the uh version on that on rare replay as well and i've been playing it some with my five-year-old she had started her own file not long ago and she does surprisingly well i don't think what was i about eight or nine when it came out i don't even know if i did as well as she did when i was that age so um but what funny enough actually she also has played nuts and bolts and she usually asks to play nuts and bolts (laughs) over yes over the yes. original yeah i think my kids played that more it's just that kind of making element isn't it like they, they just want to make stuff like you know yeah. the, the whole minecraft thing they don't really want to do any of the challenges they just want to make ridiculous vehicles which i think you know that the the building system at the heart of nuts and bolts was really good but i think it just struggled a little bit to make some of the challenges interesting mm. Uh, I, I can say it. for the original, um, I, I think it did something that I feel like a lot of collectathons, even even newer ones, so to speak, don't do super well. Um, like, yeah, you were doing some tasks for people like Captain Blubber, but I don't feel like it was quite as there was a point behind it. There was a there was a story, you know, it, it wasn't quite as just like, hey, this is your objective you know, get to the finish and, and bring this object back. It, it, maybe it was a little bit of that, but I feel like there was a little more context to it, a little more like world building and jokes behind it. Um, I always felt like it added to the overall character of the game, personality to it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that was all. That was all. Um, Greg, of course, my brother. He was like, he's really, he's really Mr. Banjo. He was like the mastermind if you like behind the um behind the game and he he just sort of uh we, we just like hung on to his coattails and did the best job we could do really <laughs> well y'all did a great job um, but yeah to, to back up i guess a bit even on my own nostalgia it is it is great going into that like with my own daughter who who is really enjoying the first game and just i guess the series in general but uh you know, I, I'd started it back with my own. Well, I, I guess to even go further back, I'd started playing Donkey Kong Country with my dad when I was about her age, and we played through that and Banjo Kazooie and Tui and all of that. So it's it's great to see something like that that holds up so well because not not every game from that time period and you know in '64 really holds up all that great. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was surprised really just going back on Rare Replay. Um, several of the games on there beyond banjo kazooie even i think hold up really well um trying to think of another one we had jumped into for a little while but um yeah yeah i I think i think that speaks something for a game when it's still fun to play 20 some years later oh yeah absolutely um ryan what's some of your um initial like what are your nostalgic memories for the game like when for banjo kazooie how were you originally introduced to him the first time and um like when did you actually play the game um definitely my first experience was meeting banjo in diddy gung racing um and then uh it was i was playing at a friend's house uh zach kotlowski um mm-hmm. yeah he's a, he's a friend of between mutual friend between the two of us and uh you know i, I got to play diddy gung racing loved it 
absolutely loved playing the multiplayer in, in that game. And uh, then they broke out, one time I went over there, they broke out Banjo-Kazooie. And um, I, I don't know why this always sticks with me, but the ground pound is so cool. Like, so powerful, uh-huh. like, breaking down those straw huts and, and everything, uh-huh. like, doing the ground yeah. pound. That is, that is, I don't know, that always stuck with me. Like, in every, like I always think about that in platformers. Is like, can it do that? Can it do the ground pound? Like, and I know Mario did it in 64, but, like, I don't know, the, the noises and stuff that they make, like, and just how fluid the motion is, and it yeah, was so well done in the so package. Well. Um, and, and just the worlds were, were awesome. Uh, I, I, the ominous music in places, The Witch, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, Gruntilda, and and uh, I, I like the game over screen, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <in the game. laughs> um, but just uh, the vibrant colors and the world, that whole place... Uh, inspires uh, i just i love that so much um i will confess i have not played uh banjo tui um and oh, nice. i own nuts and bolts but i also have not played that one either so well, i may be uh, to get off the show <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit lacking in the uh in the uh full banjo uh, catalog but uh i do enjoy what i have uh what i have played of, of banjo so <laughs> um myself personally my my original nostalgic memories um, was I was at a Sears when Sears actually existed, um, and my mom was shopping. We were upstairs, and there was a Sears used to sell video games, and I she dropped me off at the little video game section, and I remember being able to play uh, um, on the 64 because we did not have a 64 yet, um, and. And the demo, the game that was on for demo was Banjo Kazooie, and I remember running around Mumbo's Mountain and uh, just exploring and seeing what I could do, you know. And um, that was my first memories of the game. It wasn't until later on where my friend Brad Hunsinger, um, when I, I made a new friend at school and started going to his house, um, he had the game and. Fun fact, I actually never owned the game as a child. I played it with my friend and then borrowed it, and he let me borrow it until I beat it. And I, I remember beating it at home just through a borrowed copy. And it wasn't until many years later um, when I got real nostalgic for it again. I did own I did own Tui as a child. I did get that for Christmas. But um, as, a, as I got older... The cartridge hack that you said uh, from Zach Kautlowski is the, is the cartridge I actually have today um, for my my 64. I still have my very original 64, and um, yeah, that's what I'm playing on right now. That cart. <laughs> so um, now this game is my most favorite game of all time. Like there is not a game that is number one on my list beyond this one. So. Um, this game is very special to me, and uh, that, that's just my original memories with it. But um, and Josh, did you say how like you originally like got this game? You know, I'm, I'm honestly trying to remember. I like I said, I remember from Donkey Kong Country on. Like a, Rare was just a name we kept up with. Um, my dad kind of got me into into video games, and that was always one that really interested me. I like seeing, like I said, the, the VHS, the video there that showed how it was made and things like that. And it's you know it's garnered an interest in me that still lives on today that I don't completely know what to do with but um but yeah with Banjo Kazooie I I know we pre-ordered it I don't know why I remember that other than I remember getting a a t-shirt from somewhere (laughs) with Banjo and Kazooie on it but yeah other than that I I can't really remember I know it I know I fell in love with it very quickly that um I guess another somewhat little funny story that that Halloween my grandma had had made me a mumbo jumbo costume um (laughs) like a homemade one. It's kind of funny looking back. Um, I'm like, man, she, I, I don't know if cosplaying was a thing back then, but man, I, I think she did a pretty darn good job. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of proud of that one. Um, unfortunately, I think I'm way too big to fit in that now, but uh, <laughs> your daughter will grow into it. Yeah, maybe she's pretty tiny, but yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't remember the exact moment, but, but yeah, I, it's, it was definitely something that I jumped on. As far as I know, day one. My my birthday is actually like right after the release date. It's on, well, it's tomorrow in our time right now. It's July second, um, so I probably got it for my birthday or something. I can only imagine what it's like to create the transformations for Banjo, 
um, in Kazooie, and like what it would be like. What was it like? I guess do you remember recall uh, what it was like to create these wacky transformations for for this character? Um, was there any that made you think, huh, that's strange? Well, I can do it. What was your experience with with that? Um, yeah, it it, it it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I think there was a few, or maybe it was more for Banjo too, but there were definitely some. I thought, you know, Greg had proposed this transformation. I'm thinking, oh, that's going to look nice. <laughs> so he's obviously think he's always always thinking from a design point of view, where I'm thinking from all, you know, how will it look? How will it animate? Um, the one that sticks in my mind, there was probably others, was the um, the armored car thing, the armored van on um, Banjo Tooie. I'm, I'm sure it originally got that down. Banjo's transformation was just going to be a coin, because the idea was was the van was you deliver these coins. But I think the original transformation was it was Banjo the coin, and I couldn't think of anything worse, you know, to right. to draw or animate than a coin. So I think I proposed, you know, can't we just have a van and the coins can be in the van? And it was like, oh, yeah, go on, then do that. So that's that's one that sticks in my mind. But, yeah, they were, they were always a lot of fun to do, always something to look forward to. Um, quite a bit of work um, hmm. from programming sense as well, because obviously they needed different movement. Um, but it was, it was all worthwhile. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say my favorite of those was probably from Banjo-Tooie, the, the big T-Rex. Oh, um, yes. Other than that, the crocodile was always kind of a favorite of mine. Yeah, yeah, there's quite a, quite a lot of good ones, wasn't there? Yeah. It, thinking back, there, there was a lot. That actually made me think, I guess, while we're talking about those, and I apologize, I wasn't completely sure. Did you also do work on Granny's uh, Revenge on the Game Boy Advance? Uh, no, I, I, I had nothing to do with um, okay. that. Well, you're going to say that's your favorite game ever. <laughs> no, no, no. I was actually going to ask about one of the transformations on that one. There's a candlestick. I always thought that one kind of was oh, a bit no. odd that stuck out. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm afraid I've never, I've never even played it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> My favorite transformations would be um, the pumpkin and a honeybee. Oh, tied. Mm, yeah. I'm definitely a fan of the uh, the the crocodile and the uh, the oh, yeah. uh, pumpkin. Yes, the um, the crocodile's mini game was um, was a good one. That had a a few swear words have been said over that. I'm sure against oh, against good old good old Mr. Vile eating those things. Yeah, that mm. was that was always something people remember. She was uh, asking me what exactly those things were, and I'd. I'd I didn't know exactly how to explain it to her. Uh, I always pictured them as something quite gross. I don't even know if I want to say it on the podcast here. But, yeah, but um, she um she also asked why the mean crocodile bit her when when she tried to walk away. But yeah, uh, like honey, we've all gone through this. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, Steve, um, did so? I know you obviously you create the characters and um when you with the levels in the game do you develop the levels yourself or is that more of like a creative with different people group thing and draw it out or um and if so like what was the favorite what is your favorite level in banjo kazooie that you really enjoyed the most to work on um so i i had nothing at all to do with any of the levels um, okay. I I just do um, characters and animation, and mm-hmm. occa- occasionally I'll do um, some um, like effects and stuff like that. Um, but the process for the backgrounds would be um, obviously this is just for banjo. This isn't this it's different for every game. Sure. Um, but the process then was Greg would usually um, he'd draw quite a detailed map in 3D, and he'd like break down each section. He had some of these like colored markers. I think they were like Copic markers. He'd like color everything in, so it was really nice, really clear. And then he'd hand it off to um, the background guys. Well, I say guys. It was mainly um, a guy called Steve Hurst. He works still works with us at Playtonic. Uh, he did um, mo- most of the backgrounds um, for Banjo. And as far as I remember, you know, the, these days there there always seems to be a lot of uh, 
changing changing stuff you know or you've got to do a, a, a white box because it's going to change you know and all that but i can't remember a lot changing on banjo i mean there was there was a, a kind of a first level it wasn't really level it was more of a kind of a test environment of kind of it was a bit like some kind of giant's castle or something i think that's what it's called I, i'm sure there's some footage of it somewhere uh, but that that level didn't make it and um i think mumbo's mountain changed um quite a bit as you'd expect being the first level but after that once they the uh, team had got into the stride there was very little was redone i think that's what helped us finish it in a relatively short time even though some people say oh banjo was late because it's meant to come out for christmas 1997 that was the original plan but you have to remember a lot of the kind of development time of banjo we were making a different game you know even after dream we were making banjo he was like running around it was more of a sort of a two and a half d game and that went on for a few months so so i think that banjo that we know only probably only took 18 months which is pretty good i think so when you say uh, you worked on like character animations and things like that is this um just how the the characters would move or was it like even more so like like if you collect uh, a jinjo or whatever and it would circle around um did you work on those mechanics and how it moved in the world is that kind of where your artistic uh, expertise was put to use or, or where was your animations just kind of like emotions and things that you had to convey like what was kind of what your your job was with that um yeah i mean for banjo there wasn't there wasn't a huge amount of, of cut scenes and stuff um i didn't do many cut scenes myself that was um ed Bryan again he, he now works with us at playtonic but he he did a lot of the characters with me and the cut scenes but no the, the animation that i do tends to be um like the gameplay animation so like if i do a walk or a run i'll do that on the spot and then it's up to the um the gameplay programmers then to take that and um get him moving properly in the world like you say so that is that would be the job of like a gameplay programmer but something like the ginger swirling round that might have been an animation that was just like dropped in i can't remember but but most of the time if it needs to be controlled or it needs to follow a certain path or ai it has to be you know it has to be programmed so most of the animations that that we do would be on the spot awesome awesome cool um so i guess along with that um recent in recent years when you all um began at playtonic games when you were working on ukulele initially i know it was uh, made to be sort of a um I'm trying to think of the proper word here. I was going to say a follow-up, sort of a spiritual successor, I guess, to Banjo-Kazooie. Spiritual successor, yes. Yeah, it. there we go. Um, <laughs> was it sort of a, uh, was it sort of an issue that you wanted to, was there a fine line between trying to make a spiritual successor, trying to make a, another duo without, with being new, without being the exact same thing? You know what I'm saying there? Do you mean from an artistic point of view or like a gameplay point of view? More from the artistic side of it. Um, no, it was quite refreshing to do something that wasn't just brown and flesh-coloured, because that's, for so many <laughs> years at Rare, I'd be like on Donkey Kong stuff or Dixie Kong or whatever, and then, of course, they're flesh and brown, and then onto to Banjo, uh, Banjo um, he's, he's fleshy with brown fur as well, so it was nice to be, you know, have free reign just to do something completely different. And when we started out, we didn't know what the cats were going to be, it's like, um you know let's just do something and see what happens um yeah so it was it, it was refreshing good i i remember um actually when when that kickstarter had well had had, had sort of gotten kickstarted um the little tease there with the the eyes coming through the the <laughs> yeah. and all that, that was um that was actually the first time I'd never really looked too deep into Kickstarter before that. I just, I, I didn't know exactly what, you know, what it was about or who was making what and things like that. But as soon as I found out who was working on that one, I, I jumped on board. Um, it's actually, I hate to say it, I guess it's still the only game I've Kickstarted, come to think of it. Um, I did Kickstart the book for <laughs> ukulele, uh, the uh, 
Cracklestone. Oh, cool. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, I just got mine delivered the other day. I'm still I'm still only a few pages in, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I didn't have a huge awareness of Kickstarter either. Obviously, um, Gav Price, who founded Platonic, he you know his plan was always you know we do we spend a few months um, making a demo, um, and then we go onto Kickstarter. That was always his plan. Um, so he was obviously very aware of it, and when we were in those first few months we we kind of analyzed what other kickstarters had done why they'd succeeded why they'd failed you know there was quite a lot of work um behind the scenes we you know we 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 had one chance really and we really wanted to do the best we could yeah yeah and i i guess to speak uh to kind of compare the two i think they're are of course they're similar but i think they also stand out on their own for me um, as for myself, like, you know, they don't have the nostalgia push, I guess, that Banjo would, but um, to me, they're kind of on equal ground. Um, I'd, I'd honestly would like to see both of both of the duos, I guess, from this point forward. Um, but, yeah, I can, I can definitely see the roots in that from from those days. You uh, you mentioned uh, the, the googly eyes you see in the eyes and things like that. Um... And uh, that's always been a fun thing, uh, is the the art direction on the eyes. Um, so I, I gotta ask, uh, when I think of eyes, I think of winking. And so, how does the name like Winky Steve come into play here? And maybe you've answered this before, but I'm just kind of curious. I saw that like on Twitter, like in passing, also said Winky Steve. And I'm just kind of curious how that nickname came uh, came to me. If it's something that you you praise, or if it's something that you kind of like, eh, I'm not a big fan of it, and it just kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah, I think it is a little bit of that. I mean, it's nothing very interesting. People think. It's oh, it's because Winky the Frog from DKC. I didn't even model Winky the Frog or do I have anything to do with him. I I think I might have done like a bit of animation for him, but I think it was probably might have been like a nickname by probably from Grant, and it kind of stuck. And I I used it, you know, when I started my Twitter like many many years ago. I didn't think I'd ever really use Twitter, and I just thought oh. What the name? Oh, Winky Steve. Oh, come on, Winky boy, Winky Steve. Come on. So, so I just used Winky Steve. That was my bad impression of Grant. That was his Yorkshire <laughs> accent. Um, <laughs> so that's, I think, I think that's where it came from. Cool. Nice. Well, I guess on speaking about Banjo Kazooie a little more here. Do, do any of you all have anything else to add on that, or any of your own memories, or or Steve? Do you have anything else on on Banjo Kazooie specifically that you would like to mention? Um, not really. Unless I mean, I'm some... I I have I'm I'm curious about what is it like from your perspective when you make a game like Banjo Kazooie and then it gets released to the world, um, and the receptions come in and people start to talk about it. What is that like for you and in and the team you work with? Is it like something you sit back and you're like, oh, I'm really excited to see what people see? Or is it like, well, it's out and we're just going to go work on something else now and we'll see what happens kind of mentality? Yeah, well, I mean, all, all those years ago, obviously, there was no Internet the way, you know, there is now everything gets analyzed with microscopic, you know, detail. So back then it was very much a case of, you know, we finish that one, we'll move on to the next one because we're not getting any information back on whether people are enjoying it. Obviously, you get like, um, all, all you get really is um, review scores in magazines and that that's it. So, you know, if you're getting like in the 90s, you're, you're probably doing well and um, it, in like a, a month or so or three months, we might get some sales figures back, which shows us if it's performing well but it really is just a case of you know that one's done move on to the next one you know there's no kind of patching it that we do today or you know mm-hmm. much analyzing what we'd have done different or or if we can improve it you know and, and release another build i mean the most um exciting thing i think for the development team in those days was always going to e3 and seeing people's reactions there that was the only way you get to see people playing your game so that was always really exciting because um, we, we, we'd we get to the show early and beat the crowds being like um, 
exhibitors or whatever they're called and we'd uh, be excited to see what Nintendo had done because they always did a really good job of promoting the games they like um, I think it was a massive massive mumbo stature they had and of course there's like Donkey Kong's Trias and all that stuff you know they, they, they'd really push the boat out um, with these amazing stands so and it was always great to watch people play I think yeah that and of course, not not everyone could go to these shows, so it was always it was always very, a great experience if you could go and see people playing your game for the first time. Very cool, cool. I know uh, we're all looking forward to having a uh, a banjo kazooie uh, amiibo sitting on our desks. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. So I definitely hope that you're able to get a hold of one or someone sends you one just to, you know, have on your no, desk too. <laughs> I, sh- I, shall ha- I shall have to buy my own. <laughs> I actually, I don't I don't collect them all by any means, but for K- King K. Rule, actually, I, it's one of those I got two for. Um, one that I opened and then one I've actually left in the box. Um, I plan to do the same with Banjo and Kazooie, actually. No, I had to buy my King K. Rule as well. I, w- I was expecting, you know, um, one to be sent from Mr. Sakurai, but nothing came. You know, <laughs> oh. I was watching. I was watching the post box for months, but it just didn't come, so I had to buy my own. <laughs> wow. well, maybe it'll still show up one of these days. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, since you mentioned King K. Rule real fast, even though this is not an episode about King K. Rule, do you believe that? his re-emergence in Smash is going to um, essentially bring the Kremlings and him back as, like, the main villains for the Donkey Kong series? Do you think that, like, that's put them back on the map now, potentially? Because, I I mean, I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to think so. I think, um, yeah, definitely. I think as good as the the retro games were, I, I, I think the Kremlins... Obviously, I'm going to say this. The Kremlins would have made them even better. Um, <laughs> I agree. But yeah, and I, I can see, I can see the next Donkey Kong game being, if it's not full 3D, it's going to be a mixture of 3D and 2D. Probably, I, I don't think it'll be another full, you know, 2D, two and a half D game. But we shall see. All right. Cool. All right. Yeah, something I had, um, I actually had found interesting. I guess maybe to transition just a little bit before we wrap things up here, um, with Ukulele and the Impossible Layer in particular, it was actually, um, I think, several of our favorite games of last year. Um, yeah. I, with Banjo Kazooie, well, I'm sorry, with the first Ukulele, it was more of a spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie. With Impossible Layer, I know the comparison was made a lot to Donkey Kong Country, but I feel like, you know, playing it as much as I have. I feel like it's definitely kind of got its own feel, especially with that overworld map. I, I don't really know if you can compare it much to anything um, or the layer itself. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that's that's good to hear you say that. Um, you know, we, we definitely weren't just going to make, you know, a spiritual successor. And it was never, never really marketed as such. Um, obviously, we'll say things like, you know, if you loved um, the Donkey Kong Country games, you know, you, you're going to love ukulele and the impossible letter mm-hmm. um but we did try to bring our own um our own style to it for sure yeah it it sort of brought that that buddy duo sort of thing to 2d um in its own way as well like not as much as like donkey kong and diddy so to speak where they're, they're kind of on their own but you know Lele has her own moves that she adds to it when, when you've got her unless you lose her you know it, it gives you a big advantage when you you've still got her around um, so you never really saw anything like that, even with Banjo and Kazooie. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And, and like I said, a good portion of the game was that overworld map that had had some nice puzzles to it and a little bit of world building and such. So I really yeah. appreciated that. Yeah, it's, it's, it was because um, when we're making it, I'm thinking, oh, you know, this overworld map, it's quite quite a big chunk. You know, is it worth it? Should we just be doing 2D levels? But it's but you, you play it and it's a really great change of pace because if you're just doing the 2D levels, it can be quite frantic. But you know when you've finished one, um, you can have a break, a little wander around, find the odd secret, you know, unlock um, a new level or change the state. Or, 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 yeah, it's just, I think it works really well. 
Yeah, that was that was definitely one. I've actually got a few copies here. I never do this with games, but that was one of the few that just felt special for different reasons. But also, um, a little shout out to, to uh, who designed the the battalion army. Actually, come to think of it. Oh, that was Kev Kev Bayless. <laughs> it was. Uh, well, um, I was going to say if you speak to him, my, my my wife has been trying to talk me into getting a tattoo. Our daughter is one of the, the <laughs> was one of the contest winners. At, uh, yes, Lil, that's Lil right. Yeah. So um, I remember, yeah, yeah. I may end up getting talked into a tattoo of that one day. So <laughs> tell him I said thanks for that one. <laughs> oh yes, we'd love to see the result. <laughs> well, along with that, actually, while we're talking on it, I'd mentioned before we um, we're doing a giveaway for that game. Um, we've got an extra copy of it here, so I wanted to go ahead and announce the winner here. We had randomly selected right before the episode had started. And it looks like it is um, actually a friend of the show, uh, Trash Turkey, <laughs> as he is called. Awesome. It feels funny saying that out loud. But, <laughs> yeah, so congratulations on that, man. We'll, we'll get to you here soon and uh, get through all the details. Um, Steve, it has been great having you here. Um, not going to lie, I guess it, it, it's a little nerve-wracking when you, you finally get to speak to someone you've, uh, I guess, enjoyed the work of, looked up to for about two decades now. So. Oh, non- nonsense! It's my my uh, my pleasure to be on. Yeah, it's it's always great when people are interested in in the stuff you do. It really is. You know, we we'll never get fed up of like you know talking to fans. It's it's great. Yeah, I I have to say actually I've I've really noticed that out of a lot of you all. Um, you know, including including Grant and stuff on Twitter. Um, I feel like. I feel like I see a lot of you all even put up with a lot of um, things that fans throw at you constantly. And I'm like, man, they must have a lot of patience. Um, <laughs> or driving them absolutely insane at this point. Yeah, I, th- I think I'll probably be on my deathbed still doing Banjo-Kazooie interviews. But, you know, that's no bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, um, I'm very much looking forward to, I know you can't say anything, but whatever you all are working on at Playtonic in the future. Um, yes, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that, and you'll have our support. Yes. Oh, thank you very much. We do have um, we have some cool stuff going on behind the scenes. That's for sure. Very exciting. Awesome. 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 Yeah. You know, some of my final thoughts before we close out here too is, just, you know, thank you for um, just doing the work you do, and uh, yeah, rare games, especially as I've gotten older and I started to get very nostalgic. I didn't realize how much Rare actually made my childhood because I always grew up with Nintendo. I was born into it. I had three older brothers, and we already had Nintendo by the time I came to the scene. And um, I look back at all my favorite games, um, and I'm thinking, like, wow, you know, um, they were pretty much all Rare developed. And I don't view that as like an accident. Um, just the style of those games. The art direction of them um, and the humor, like it just, they're they're magical and they created very special nostalgic moments. And I think we all can attest at times with being adults in the world how it's one reason why nostalgia is so cool to me is it takes you back to those times to where like life was a bit simpler and you could just dive into another world like that and. Um, all you had to worry about was beating the bad guys, you know, or <laughs> yeah. collecting, collecting the jiggies and, and whatnot. So, you know, I thank you for that. Um, thank you for your time today as well. And uh, oh, you're man, very I, welcome. I tell you what, very welcome. I'm glad Platonic's around because it is like my childhood has been brought back to life mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit by my favorite parts of it, gaming wise. And uh, oh, we're, 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 we know, we're excited here for everything you guys put out and we'll always promote it and put it push it out there so thank you steve we really appreciate you no yes. thank you thank you for your support steve i will let you go here in just a moment then <laughs> we will shut this thing down you all have any other things you want to add or uh jacob you want to lead us out ryan needs to do our due diligence first Oh, yep. yes, yes, I'm getting out I'll go it. ahead and wrap up the show. You can uh, find the show at our home on the nintendovillage.com slash Nintendo Nostalgia. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Nintendo NOS, on our Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS, 
on our Instagram at Nintendo NOSIN. Shoot us an email at NintendoNostalgiaIN at gmail.com. You can also give us a call on our Nostalgia Hotline. Share your memories and show us some love at 317-969-5690. Guys, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And thank you so much, Steve, for coming on and being a part of uh, the show. No problem. I just hope um, people have found my ramblings slightly interesting. (laughs) I'm sure they will. (laughs) I guess you can leave up with a smile. My four-year-old, or she's almost four, but every time... I get in the car with my daughter to um, take her to daycare. She, uh, it used to be, what do you want to listen to in the car? And she always want to listen to Frozen. And somehow it, it melts my heart every time um, we get in the car and I ask her what she wants to listen to. And she just says, Banjo Kazooie. Want to listen to Banjo Kazooie, Daddy? <laughs> it brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> that's, that's very nice. I'm, I'm not sure we should be promoting um, Grant Kirkhope too much. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to tell him. <laughs> funny, funny enough, my, my name's for the DK rap. I'm not sure how that happened. I know, right? <laughs> Steve, very much. No, thank you. All right. Thank you so much, and we will catch everybody later. Have a Bye. good one. All right. Bye. Bye.